0: everybody, Michael Davis here. Welcome to Bone to Pick, and we are extraordinarily fortunate today to uh, be coming to you from the University of Miami and the Frost School of Music. And uh, you don't get the whole panoramic in here, but it is, it's an amazing facility, and we are very fortunate to be able to sit down with our Artist of the Month, the great John Diversa. Uh, John is the chair of studio music and jazz here at the Frost School of Music. Uh, he is an internationally respected trumpet player, uh, composer, arranger, producer, band leader, and certainly educator. Uh, he's a three-time Grammy Award nominee as well as uh, receiving many other awards. Uh, his myriad recording credits include Fiona Apple, Burt Bacharach, Michael Buble, Cheryl Crow, Joe Cocker, Herbie Hancock, the Bob Mincer Big Band, Yellow Jackets, just to name a few. Uh, his festival appearances include the Hamburg Music Festival, Java Jazz, Monterey, Montreal, Montreux, and Playboy Jazz Festivals. Uh, he has degrees from UCLA, California Institute of the Arts, and a doctorate from USC. He has released five CDs as a solo artist with his John Diversa Progressive Big Band and John Diverse, a Small Band. Uh, his current release, check it out immediately, Wobbly Dance Flower has the coolest arrangement of Donnelly you're ever going to hear, and, uh, and it features the great Bob Mincer. And um, speaking of Bob, uh, it's where I met John initially. I have always been a fan of his playing and writing, but I was very fortunate to do uh, a few projects with Bob and, uh, and with John, so uh, it's really a pleasure. Uh, John. With your schedule, thank you for taking time out to uh, be with us today. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. So good to see you, Mike. Great to see you, John, and I can't wait for this. So let's jump in. You grew up, to me, me in a great place to grow up as a musician in in Southern California. And, of course, your dad is a legendary trumpet player himself, Jay Diversa, who was on the Stan Kenton Band, and I've worked extensively in the studios in L.A. Maybe talk a little bit about um, how you got started with the trumpet what it was like growing up with your dad, and, uh, and just maybe some of your early influences.
1: Sure. Well, dad was certainly the, the, the first one, and, and such uh, an incredible influence to have as, as a kid if you're going to be a musician. And, and, and my mom, too. My mom's a, a great musician. Uh, and he was a studio player there in, in LA. We actually moved from LA when I was about seven years old. Oh, okay. And we moved to where my mom's family uh, lives in, in Oklahoma, a small little town. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, Ada, Oklahoma. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, And some great musicians there that you just never would would even know. Uh, But that's where I really got into music, because when we moved to Ada. Oh, okay. Uh, And I started playing piano, and and the first thing I ever did was sing. And uh, I always tell my students, I'm so fortunate that when I started reading music, uh, I did it as a singer. And so there was no... uh, I had fooling around with what those pitches were. I couldn't press down the key or a button and, and have the sound come out. I had to know what those pitches were. Yeah. Uh, so when it came time to play the trumpet, uh, I knew what it was supposed to sound like, and I think that really helped me mm-hmm. uh, when I started sight reading, uh, just to have that little bit of a head start. Sure. Yeah. So I started playing in Oklahoma, and, and actually during that time my dad uh, was going back to L.A. to work in the studios uh, quite a bit. Most of the summers he'd be out there Doing uh, TV shows and, mm-hmm. and everything else, so I was so insecure playing the trumpet uh, <laughs> with him around. Uh, so I, that actually enabled me to practice my behind off okay. when he was gone. Very <laughs> cool. Go. And and then he'd come back and and, uh, and say, "Oh, you know, that's that's, that's getting better." And I, I started to gain my confidence so I could play play with him and play. But but he was always very uh, uh, mindful of of that dynamic too. That that family influenced the teacher, and uh, so he would just kind of be around for me to ask questions when when I would want need, need to ask questions. Oh, that's, just, just that's a
0: sweet. Just a really what? hip character. That's always an interesting dynamic when the parent-teacher, right? you know, parent, teacher, you know yeah. to a student, to a child-student, you know, that's awesome. Um, and I'm sure your dad hipped you to all the, the right people, you know, that must have been a great thing, too, like, in getting all the great, in addition to his influence, but the, getting the right info early on. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember him playing uh, Sketches of Spain hmm. uh, in the house when we were in Oklahoma. And uh, he just put it on and, and he said, John, listen to this. And, and, and he pointed out to me how, how Miles was playing so in the, in the low register, and the mid register, it's all about sound and, and, and nothing else. It was just about following the sound, the honesty and the integrity of, of the sound. Uh, I remember that moment very clearly. Something, something clicked there. Mm. But at the same time, you know, my my mom was such a great influence in that regard too, because she was playing Aretha Franklin and uh, and she's a classical piano player, so she's always playing Chopin, and Beethoven, and nice. uh, uh, Rachmaninoff on on the piano, and so it was, all these sounds were going in uh, always. And and then of course their friends were mu- musicians, so the people that are coming over for dinner to hang out, what were they talking about? They're talking about music. Yeah, they're talking about the the business of music and mm-hmm. complaining about it, and, uh, so I'm hearing all of this uh, as a kid, just just digesting and absorbing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think the singing thing is so incredible. You know, that, yeah. that I wasn't uh, fortunate enough to to study with him, but the great legendary trombone teacher, Emory Remington. They always said what were lessons like with him, and and uh, they would say, well, he just sang in my ear the whole time, yeah. and like you just believed in that, and you know, like you're saying, you. Boy, you learn pitch that's very very cool and not surprising to hear that that's a uh, part of your uh, uh, early uh, growth uh, let's talk about maybe your college years a little bit quite sure. an impressive uh, list of degrees and, and grade schools as I mentioned UCLA and then uh, Cal arts and then of course you ended up teaching at USC we'll talk about that in a little bit but what was uh, what was that period in your life like for you sure well I was uh, I went to
1: UCLA for my undergraduate uh, degree and uh, I was very much into jazz uh, already uh, at that point. I, uh, but interestingly, when I look back, I, I wanted to go to a school where I wasn't going to study jazz because I, I felt like if I was going to go to school to study something, uh, I should study something I know nothing about. Mm. Uh, so UCLA had a really nice, uh, a really good classical composition department, and uh, and I also wanted to stay in LA because my friends were there. And at that moment, I, I just I, there was a certain comfort with that. Sometimes I wonder if that was the right decision or not, but uh, I mean everything turned out fine. Clearly, I think it was. <laughs> uh, but uh, I studied with some great teachers there, uh, Mark Carlson and Ellen Barkin, and and uh, and, and and was exposed to some uh, some new music and some classical uh, orchestration that uh, and, and and able to write for all these. And when I was there, I was I was I would write for everybody's recital. Uh, for free, you know. Mm-hmm. if you got to recital, you play oboe. Let's do it. <laughs> and and uh, so I got to be known as someone who would write for everybody. Oh, and wow, and cool. so I learned so much during that period. Just I just wrote all the time. Just wrote, 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 uh, and and just had a ball. Nice. Yeah. So and, and at the same time I was playing around town a little bit, and, mm-hmm. uh, starting to establish uh, some fire in that way.
0: Wow. yeah. That's cool, and then so and then did you go directly to Cal Arts then for, for your master's degree after UCLA? Or no, you...
1: you know what? So so I I went about four years, and I, I stopped before I graduated. I had I think I had two general education requirements to finish, and I just I got to the point where you know I'm not supposed to say this, but I, I just I it meant nothing to me anymore to go to these classes that just didn't seem to have anything to do with what I wanted to do. Right. Uh, and I remember walking to the building for one of these classes, and, and just there was this magnetic polarity opposite of, the, of magnetic, just taking, repelling me away from the, the building. And I just kept walking, and that was it. That was it. Uh, and at that point, I, you know, I started my big band, and, and uh, you know just worked in L.A. and taught a lot and scrambled and sure. tried to put it together. And eventually, I, I uh, decided to take this uh, this gig in Europe as a musical director uh, for a large production show, hmm. uh, and the, the guy called me up and said, because I, I was starting to become known as a as a, a big band leader, and uh, said, you know, do you know anybody, Can you recommend anybody do, to do this show in Europe, and, and I said, I don't know, you know, and then I called him, and, and I thought about that, and that you know, if I, if I don't do something like this right now, I might never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was very saturated with uh, teaching at that moment because it was mostly what I was doing to, to pay the bills and a little bit out of balance. So I said, let's do it. So I, so I called him up and I said, give me, uh, you know, this certain amount of money and make me the musical director and, uh, and I'll do it. And he called me on my bluff and said, okay, you got it. And I went, okay. <laughs> so I went to Europe, which was supposed to be a nine month tour and... Uh, I ended up meeting my wife about two weeks into it, and oh, so great. Uh, that was wonderful. I ended up staying for three years, and, and uh, that was an interesting moment for me because I, to that point I'd just been full of fire and creation and, and spark and drive and mm-hmm. uh, musically. And I got doing this show, and I was policing everybody to play the show the same way every, mm-hmm. every time. I had to play this show the same way every time, and about two weeks into it, the fire went out. It was like the best of times and the worst of times. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was trying to practice. I mean, that was before uh, iPods and such. And I was going to the record stores and trying to just buy every CD I could imagine. And, uh, and, and find that inspiration. Could not write, could not find it. Wow. Uh, so just had to kind of let go of that. And at the same time, I was finally making money. You know, so that association was was an interesting.
0: Were you writing thing. as well for the production? No, A little bit. Late, you know,
1: yeah, I'd come in and you know there would be guest artists that would come in and okay, like, yeah, write out their tune, but nothing all that creative. Right. Uh, so I say I lost that spark in two weeks, and and the other thing that I realized that I missed was teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, like two weeks into it, I realized I really miss interacting with students and finding. Uh, those musical voices and uh, helping people hear hear their uh, musical fruitions, and and I said, "Well, okay. Well, when I get back, I'm going to go back and finish my degrees and teach at the at the college level because I really want to work with people that are very serious about what they want to do. I think that's where I have uh, the most to offer." Mm-hmm. And can, offer the most service. Mm-hmm. So after three years of this tour, then I came back and I had to go back to UCLA and finish uh, as an adult and I had to go into these uh, 300 seat uh, lecture courses. I took geology and a math course at, uh, at uh, 8 o'clock in the wow. morning and uh, oh, the art history of China. <laughs> but you know, it was interesting because I came back and of course I called every, everybody I used to work for in LA and they said, John, we're so happy you're back. You know, but but you know, there was no work, because they had already moved on to their, their <laughs> right, stuff after right. three years, so it took a while to, to get back into the scene, and so all I had time to do was take this geology class. You know? <laughs> and I was looking for inspiration, too, so I, uh, I would go to these professors' office hours every, every offering. And I was just trying to figure out, like, why does he like this bow tie so much? And and he he loves these rocks, you know. So I was just trying to pick up that energy of of their passion for for their fields, and that really helped me. Wow. Uh, and so I graduated, and then and then I uh, I decided to go to CalArts, Arts where uh, David Roystein was teaching. And he I'll never forget this. He he's been such a wonderful mentor to me as well. And. Uh, uh, he, they actually offered me the job to teach trumpet there before I went to Europe, and, and then I decided to go to Europe. And, uh, and I called him up and said, hey, I'm looking to go to school. And, uh, and he spent two hours on the phone with me just telling me every positive and negative thing as it reflects to me uh, about going to CalArts. And wow. I said, this is the family I want to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, and later I found out he was even, even on sabbatical when I called him, you know. Uh, so I had a, such a great time at CalArts. And, and being around those... Uh, creative, imaginative minds really helped me get that light back and that fire back. And I realized that it was during that period I realized I can make plenty of money and do the music that I want to. It's not a separate thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just a psychological definition that I had to clear out out of my head.
0: Hmm. Uh, So yeah, that was a few years later that I went to CalArts. Yeah, very cool. So now, uh, when you started the Progressive Big Band, yeah, obviously you've been writing for Big Band uh, previous to that, but so is that around that same time period, uh, where you had CalArts at the time, so you were... Uh,
1: Before there? that, well the first iteration was uh, right after I uh, dropped out from UCLA. You know, okay. I figured that was a platform where I could uh, really create in terms of composition and also as a player. Uh, so that was that was about 1996, I think. And uh, I had it going for a while, and we put out a record, a uh, live record, and then I went to Europe, and then when I came back, uh, I started the second iteration with uh, uh, the players that are in the band now, and that was uh, more than a decade ago now.
0: Yeah. For those of you who have not heard this record, get it today. Kaleidoscope buys Music of the Beatles. It is the coolest stuff. The writing is so creative and so cool, and I've just... I've gotten more familiar with it just kind of prepared, doing a little prep work for mm. this interview and and uh I just the it's beautiful I mean it's just it's so interesting and and uh and the colors and the yeah vocals and woodwinds and brass you know it's not it's not typical big band uh stuff and and but yet it has all of that in it as well so um talk talk, talk a little bit I know we're jumping ahead and we'll come back to some other mm. stuff but talk a little bit about that project cuz I just found it to be uh Really, and you and you got we're all Grammy nominations for that uh, project, both from uh, the ensemble and and, uh, and your yeah. writing. And it's really uh, tremendous. Well,
1: thank you for that, Mike. That means the world to me. And uh, I, the thing I think I'm most proud about with that particular project it it, it involves so many brilliant musicians and yeah. and, uh, and and and. Production workers and uh, and everybody just was all in on it because it was just all about the music. It was such a community effort, uh, and I I swear when we when we we, we recorded it live uh, in L. A. and we were, we did that first performance and all the prep and all the work and uh, and because it wasn't about any one individual, it's just like this living collective organism. And, uh, <laughs> we're about to play that first note and. I, the energy was so, and there's a live audience there. I, I thought the whole place was going to levitate. You know, <laughs> just a certain spirit of it, uh, and I think that's what's on the recording too. It right? really
0: comes across that way, and it's remarkable.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just with that with that uh, album, I I gave myself free license to create, and I didn't restrict myself to any particular instrumentation or any other limit, limitation. Uh, and I just said, well, you know, somehow it's going to happen. So I don't know how it's going to happen, <laughs> but it's going to happen, and, and
0: and it did. Yeah, it yeah. certainly did. Yeah. It's, it's a remarkable project. How long did it take you? That's a, little, a tremendous amount of writing. What what was your time frame in terms? It was of- quick, you know,
1: with uh, with our schedules. You know, most of it was written on a plane. To be mm-hmm. honest, you know, it's it's traveling from one place to the other, that's the place where I had that dedicated focus to to really just dig in, and uh, you know, over the course of, of two three months, you know, it, it was it was there. Uh, just grabbing ten minutes at a time and, and then maybe an hour here and I mm-hmm. uh, started to piece together yeah uh, started to feel the whole thing. I had so many you know with the Beatles catalog uh, I wanted to do every tune you know and I had lists of categories of how I was going I was going to do okay one from each record I was going to do or just just this one era or and they just started coming you know I would listen to a particular song in the middle of the night with headphones on you know because that's the time that I had. And, uh, and just really fall in love with with the music and the production and all of it uh, once again. And then I, I would just let it go. And then I would just start hearing it back in my head in a different way, you know, with my own uh, vocabulary and filter and personality. And so it just it just came. It, the songs came one by one hmm. in time. I tell you, I was trying to <laughs> think about one one of the, the the next tune to do at one point. I was on a plane and. Uh, and this guy was sitting just catty to me, and I could see what he was watching. On his... he was watching a movie, on his computer, and he's watching. I don't know what the movie was, but it was like a war thing, and people were getting just messed <laughs> up. And it, it was really gory. And, I, and there were kids on the plane. And I was thinking, man, you know, maybe that's not the, the best choice right now. Is there something else? And and uh, I sweat. And then he must have heard my thought or something, and he like stopped it. And then I felt like okay, I can I can mind control this guy. I, mean, I was just kind of playing the game with myself. And I said, okay, you will go to your iTunes now. And uh, and pick a tune for me for the next uh, the Beatles thing. And and I swear to you, he goes to iTunes. <laughs> and he has every, you know, you can see the thumbnails of the, the icons, you know, he's just scrolling through and he's got every Beatles record on there.
0: Mm. And I'm like,
1: "Whoa, what's going on?" I said, "Okay. Well, you know, whatever if he chooses to you know, pick a tune. Then that's the tune that I'll do. Wow! And you know, it seemed like forever. He's just scrolling back and forth, and, and then finally he went to "Here Comes the Sun." Played it. And I said, "Okay, got it. Message received." Wow. And he must have heard maybe 20 seconds of it, then stopped it, got out of his iTunes, went right back to his boring movie. You know, <laughs> but wow. so many of those those kind of divine moments
0: happen with, that's, with that's the creation of that record. That's one of my favorite arrangements on that uh, oh, project too. Thank it's you. Beautiful. Wow! Thank well, you. What a story. If you get the sense I'm going to win the lottery, you just let me yeah. at any point. <laughs> All right, yeah. I just, I'm yeah. open to it. So, <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great, and and let's talk a little bit now about the small band. Um, sure, you have the new the new release that features Bob Mintzer, and we'll talk about Bob as well. But uh, but um, you've done now two or two or three projects with the small band. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. talk about the new, the new sure. project, it has super cool arrangement sure. of Donnelly, as I mentioned right. earlier, uh, as, as well as uh, many. Thanks. Yeah, I, I wanted to do a quick
1: follow-up uh, after Sk- Kaleidoscopies, which was just such a massive undertaking, and to do something with a small band seemed appropriate, and I always wanted to do something with Bob, and, and so uh, to collaborate with him musically, and so I just called him up and, and we, we came up with two days that he happened to be available and free. And so I just put him in the calendar, uh, and it, you know, just a few months out. And, and, uh, and then I knew I needed to write this music, I needed to write this music, and I ended up writing just kind of these riff-oriented tunes uh, just the week before, and, and majority of them, again, on the plane. I, I, w- I was just singing, uh, singing little melodies in my phone to try and remember them. Mm. You know? And uh just not trying to think about it too much, just really, and also because I knew we weren't going to have any rehearsal, uh, I wanted to to create platforms where where the whole band, and especially Bob, could just really feel free and just uh, do do the, do this thing and, mm-hmm. and not be restricted by too much thinking. Uh, and so you know, there's some rhythm changes, tunes on there and the blues and uh, and uh, it, it just unfolded so naturally and. And the, and the title, you know, I got yes, to involve yes. my my daughter. My at that point she was six years old, and uh, one of the first tunes I was starting to write. I, I came home and I said, "How you know I'm, I'm writing this tune?" And I just can't think of the right title. And without blinking an eye, she said, "Oh, Daddy, call it Wobbly Dance Flower." <laughs> And I thought that was the most brilliant thing I'd ever heard, and if you hear the music, it just matches the, right, the vibe yeah. of that tune so much. Oh, that's um, awesome! And then she, you know, she drew some some flowers, and and then it turned, and then she actually, you know, did, did a lot of the illustrations, well, all of the illustrations on the record. So we got to share that together. She had a ball doing that's it. That's great. Yeah, but we just we just played a couple nights at the at the Blue Whale in L.A. Uh, last weekend, and. And got to stretch all this music, and oh, it's just a blast! So much fun, yeah. and and to to get to collaborate with. Uh, I know you want to talk about Bob too. You know, he's one of uh, just just such a dear, dear human being and a dear friend, and, and uh, a musical hero of mine and a mentor, and uh, someone that I that has been such a uh, a beacon for me. Uh, you know, and, and there's so many parallels. I, I don't know how conscious I am of it or not, but I just followed just about every, uh, everything that he's done. You know, he plays the electric the EWI, and I play the Evi, and uh, he's he has his uh, big band, of course, and then I've got my big band. He's the chair of uh, jazz studies at the Thornton School of Music at USC. I'm the chair of the uh, the department here at the, at Frost, and uh, and on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, so you know he's he's certainly someone that I, I just admire so greatly, and he's just such a generous, humble uh, leader, uh, and and the way that he treats people is is the way that I appreciate how people should be treated. So
0: uh, I think that's a really excellent point. I mean I, I echo everything you just said. He's one of the most influential people in my life in terms mm-hmm. of being a musician. I think he's a genius. I mean he's just a brilliant, and I and his music speaks to me so. Profoundly, and uh, as I know it does with you. But I think that's such a great point. Uh, I've learned just so much about how to lead a band or a mm. session or treat people. And you're absolutely right. It's uh, kind of understated in a way, you not know, because you focus so much on how what a brilliant musician yeah. he is. But it's also that side. of It's also yeah. like, completely there. Yes, yeah. so it's a great, really great point. Yeah, and you can yeah. see in his band, every member would do anything for him, mm. uh,
1: and that's not an accident. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, your move to Miami and, yeah. and 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 what's going on here. I mean, this is one of the handful of greatest music schools in the world. Uh, continues to to be that, and uh, it's just I'm I'm really excited to be here. I've never gotten to be in the buildings and the campus, and uh, it's uh, it's really uh, special. So, um, talk about I know you were teaching at USC before mm-hmm. you came here. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit about what that transition was like, sure. and and, uh, and also uh about about what you're doing here uh in terms of chairing the program i uh yeah i've
1: been teaching adjunct at usc for about two years after i finished my doctorate there and and uh i love being there i mean all the the faculty there with with uh, peter urskine and russ fronte and uh, alan pasquale i'm yeah. and it's pretty uh, it's pretty oh something. and they're all just such sweethearts and such generous souls it's, yeah it's uh And and just so so many badasses (laughs) and humble at the same time. Well said, yeah, that's Uh, what it is. And and actually, I I went to I taught for two years. I had my first full time position at Cal State Northridge right after. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, And it was a really hard. I mean, it seems like a no brainer, right? Uh, To go take this full time position from an adjunct, and it was it was hard for me to leave USC and all my my family there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then I went to uh, Cal State Northridge in the Jazz Studies Department. What a special program that is. Uh, Gary Pratt and Matt Harris mm-hmm. uh, are there. Uh, s- such a uh, heart uh, in that program, such uh, great direction, and, and uh, I, I, I was very, very happy there. It was a very special two years for me. The students are uh, so dialed in and, and so hungry and, and so talented. Uh, and then... Uh, and, and I was, you know, doing a lot of things in L.A., just work-wise, so I was perfectly comfortable. And then this, this uh, position at uh, Fraud School of Music kind of came out of the blue, uh, one of my other uh, uh, dearest mentors, Shirley Berg, uh, sent me an email and said, uh, hey, there's this, this position out here. Would, would you consider interviewing for it? And uh, I, I, at the moment, I, I, I felt like, yeah, I'd love to come see you, you know, <laughs> uh, and see what's going on, and, and see the program, and, and also get to see what's what's going on inside the halls here. Yeah, uh, and and then my life changed just within about two days. I came out here and uh, and saw what was happening, and, and I I could see where I could affect, uh, you know, and make this rich program even stronger uh, at this transition moment where uh, you know the chair of the department for forty years was Whit Seidner. Of course, no. Yeah. Uh, who is the lifeblood of, of, of why this is such a strong and uh, incredible program. Uh, so to pick up where he left off and, and take, take things into this next uh, uh, generation was, was exciting to me. And, and to try and input a, you know, even more creativity and imagination and uh, some of the intuitive elements to, to making music along with the craft and the discipline and the, and the method, that was exciting to me to create a community here that was strong where People nurture one another and push each other and challenge in in positive ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was an exciting challenge for me. A lot of what I learned when I was at Cal State Northridge, I wanted to see if we could do that here. Uh, so it all happened real fast. You know, they they uh, I was so fortunate to be offered the gig when I came to the interview, and and uh, and uh, and that was that. And and uh, and my wife was so open to it, and. And uh, my daughter was only two years old, so it was a good time to, to try and make a move like that for the family. So, uh, so this is my fifth year here, and I tell you that the faculty is just world class. Yeah. Uh, world class. <laughs> you know, Brian Lynch, Gary Lindsay, uh, Gary Keller, everyone. And, uh, and the students are at such a high level, and, and what Shelley Berg, our dean, uh, has been able to do in terms of resources and, and platforms for the students is, is really remarkable. Uh, that certainly is is one of the the reasons why I'm here is is because of him. And and now we're we're you know going forward. Uh, uh, but it, it is abundant soil. It's mm-hmm. very abundant <laughs> soil, and I'm I'm so grateful to be here with uh, my colleagues and my students, uh, making great music and and seeing. Uh, what the future holds for for all these students in the ever-changing music business Yeah, which is why you're here
0: today (laughs) to speak
1: to some of our students yeah
0: absolutely I'm I'm very uh, honored and uh, looking forward to that and uh and I'm sure you know. You talk about Woodside, and I remember when I was a student at Eastman, we had they had a uh, Montro College Night in North ah, Texas, yeah. Eastman, and Miami's band. And I've heard the legend of Miami that. pretty much cleaned everybody's <laughs> clock. It was a, uh, it was every all the bands had a great, but uh, boy, I remember the impact of Miami's band. It was just mm-hmm. like whoa, it was yeah. a special. And I know he would be. Uh, I'm sure is extremely proud of where you're taking the program. And uh, it seemed knowing Shelley a little bit and. Uh, Brilliant musician and also just a, a genius and a guy who knows how to, you know, vision and direction and all those things that he possesses. Great. But uh, the combination of having you chairing the department and he's the dean, it's that is well hard, and hard to find. And, and the fact that he's such a great musician and yeah. looking at it from that perspective has got to be a nice place for you to be in terms of your boss, if you want to refer to him that way. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, how, how amazing is it to be in my position to, to be the chair of the jazz department and your dean has, is a previous chair of a jazz department. Right. You know, so he knows all of it. Yeah. Uh, he knows. Uh, so, so I feel so well supported. And, uh, and I, I feel like whatever our students can dream up, uh, we can figure out a way to do it uh, with, with both mine and, and his support. Mm-hmm.
0: Let me ask you kind of a specific question, and I asked this, uh, we had Justin DeChocho on a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and we talked about it, and I'd be interested in getting your perspective on this. One of the things that I got out of, I went to Eastman, but the things that I got even more probably than the instruction, which was very good, was the ensemble experience Mm -hmm. and the playing with, uh, back then there was no undergraduate jazz degree at Eastman, there is Mm -hmm. now. Um, So I was a classical major, but I would play in jazz ensemble and combo and brass quintet and all these different things. And that, to me, is the single best thing that I got out of a a very good experience and a good program and everything. But if I were to pick one thing, uh, that would be it. And now I look at, I think it's great, um, the undergraduate jazz program, it opens up a lot of possibilities for young students. But one of the things that I'm uh, cautious about is I see a lack of experience in terms of these other ensemble experiences, mm. and I'm just curious how you look at that and what your perspective on that might be. Um, while I think it's great and as we know it gets more competitive every day in this business, um, so being focused and driven is super important, but also like I know I know even at, at, at schools, even at Eastman and, and in New York, at Manhattan and various schools. Sometimes you can't get the play in the orchestra because you're an undergraduate jazz major, so you're over here in this world and the classical people are over here. But anyway, just curious from your perspective being here and yeah. also just as an educator in general uh, sure. with, and, and being a brass player as well. Well, the
1: way it is here, it's certainly set up so that we encourage every student to, to go across department and genre. Oh, cool. uh, I that's mean, cool. that's just critical yeah at this point uh, I think there there are very few artists more and more that are that are just focusing on one particular niche It's certainly possible and uh, and if that is your complete passion, it'll probably work for you mm-hmm. uh, but also the other thing that's changing is that the the students are interested in so many different styles and genres and and uh Philosophies of music because mm-hmm. it's because uh, there's so much more exposure. So uh, that's something that is very highly encouraged, and, and that's that's a philosophy across the, the school uh, that that everybody take part in everything they possibly can, and up, certainly in the ensembles and yeah. and also just in terms of entrepreneurship classes. Uh, so everybody's thinking about how are you going to promote yourself, how are you going to uh, build your uh, your brand, your your website, your what's going to Really make you uh, special from from all of
0: the other uh, parts of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's critical. Yeah, that's great to hear that here in Miami. In addition to the strength of the jazz program, you're encouraged to be in other uh, aspects of the Absolutely. of the music program in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a lot of young folks, especially brass players, who watch our our interviews mm-hmm. every month, which I'm very grateful to all of them. Um, they would love to know, what do you look for in young players that are, uh, are coming, or would like to come to the University of Miami and, and study with yourself and the other great brass faculty that you have here? Well, looking for badasses. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously it's, it's you know, you,
1: you play your instrument uh, and, and, and that common denominator is there's so many uh, players that, that we get to hear these days that are so accomplished, so accomplished, and, and really can get around the horn. Uh, very well uh, and that's in terms of just technique but also understanding of the genre you know I had a mm-hmm. good time and uh, good vocabulary certainly have listened to check out all of the uh, the reverent repertoire uh, but also just important to me because I'm really uh, stressing community uh, here at here in our department uh, I want I want to see people that are that are also showing that they're driven and motivated in terms of creating for themselves. I want people that are putting out videos. I want people that are creating, you know, a web series about what they're doing. I want people that are writing. I want people that are uh, infectiously positive uh, and and are not in it for the uh, the ego, but actually to to push us all forward mm. at the same time, not just one individual. Uh, those are the people that you know when when they when they take a whole group with them because they're just so impactful uh it, they just ooze that kind of brilliance um uh, so you know I'm looking for people with vision mm. we're all looking for people with vision and uh, and potential you know obviously it's not all going to be there yet and it's not all there uh with any of us you know it's all potentiality but uh, you can see it when 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 that uh that potential is just kind of written on the wall in terms of their their own uh, their own makeup, mm-hmm. the vision and the, and the drive. Yeah. You know, to think outside of the box. Okay, is this someone that's going to come in and uh, uh, and be most interested in, in in practicing for eight hours in a practice room and not really interacting uh, with the community or even uh, developing a. Uh, an outside career for themselves, other than you know just doing what they do, and that's fine too. It's not a judgment on that. I'm just saying that that's not really a good fit for here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want people that are that are really looking outside the box and have uh, a different a
0: different kind of creativity and imagination. Mm-hmm. Wow, so well said. I'm ready to apply. <laughs> Where's the application? <laughs> <laughs> right on. It's great. Um, This is a question. See see if I can frame it the right way. It was so interesting checking out your website and seeing all that you're doing. You know, John DeVries' small band, Ferguson Big Band, University of Miami, the the concert jazz bands playing here, playing there. You're out guesting it, conducting all-state bands. You're writing. You're doing all these things. What's how do you approach that in terms of wear, wearing so many hats? And I think probably to you now it's you're John DeVersa, That's what you do. But um, it is, do you kind of, do you have like a uh, do you kind of try to balance things? Do you keep a time management idea behind things? Do you kind of go with let you let you answer that? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I have no idea. Uh, you know, I, I've gone through trying to find the uh, the grid to, to place this all on, uh, and it's just a constant evolution of, of balance. You know, because there's there's okay, I've got the husband part, I've got the father part. You know, uh, right. there's there's the there's fulfilling the the artist part of me. That if I don't fulfill that part, then I'm not a very good teacher, and you know, if if I'm not teaching that, then somehow I'm not that great of an artist either. They they feed each other, uh, so. So they're all things that I need to do, but finding the balance is, uh, is, is just an ever-going uh, process. And, uh, you know, one time I, I did this exercise, uh, and I had my students do this, this, this kind of a cool exercise to do, in terms of, it's almost like a manifestation exercise. But you, you, you make a list of everything that you want to do. Uh, and, and maybe it's you know, playing and writing my music and it's teaching at the university and it's having a family, you, know, you just kind of map it out. And then you map out your uh, ideal calendar year. And so I go on iCal and, and I, I really make it specific. Okay, I'm playing uh, the Playboy Jazz Festival. On this day, it's at this time. Here's my rehearsal. Uh, uh, just dramatize the whole thing. And, 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 cl- and here are my classes I'm teaching at the university. This is when I take my vacation you know, I'm going to produce this record for whomever it's going to be, uh, and we're in pre-production here, we're writing, we're doing this, and then here's where we're actually tracking, you know, all very specific. Wow, here's my that's little tour. Yeah, yeah. As detailed as possible, because that's what makes it real. Uh, you know, and and it could be, you know, next year that this ideal count could be in 10 years, you know, whatever you feel like, it feels comfortable to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and so in terms of that balance, you, know, you also, like I said, map out, the actual vacation time, mm-hmm. uh, and you try and balance out where you think you need to balance where things are out of whack, uh, and and when I did that, almost I mean, if not everything, came true that I put on that calendar. I did this ten years ago, you know, things that I thought were so far fetched, right? Uh, I put it on the calendar, it came true. Uh, so it's it's the only difference now is I'm planning, you know, like three, four years in advance as opposed to four weeks, uh, and trying to really. You know when when is it appropriate for me to not do that and uh, and uh, and take care of everything else I want to take care of and just have stupid fun <laughs> through the whole process <laughs> and you know and, and with with the projects that I want to make now you know that's always changing and I, I want to make projects that are of significance to our community and our culture and our, <laughs> our society uh, it's not just I mean music is is the thing that gets me up in the morning and I'm still thinking about it when I go to sleep but it's more than even that. So as we get older, we start to to have those uh, larger purpose uh, endeavors in in our heads, too.
0: Sure. That's that's so well said, John. And and I think I couldn't agree with you more like when you actually put down those steps and actually physically write it down or put it in the computer. And you're looking at it, it's, it's profound. I mean, it just has, a, yeah. it's, it, it's whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but when you do that, it, yeah. like you're saying, it's, uh, I mean, it makes, it's more... <clears throat> I, I had to make some lifestyle
1: changes you know, over the years uh, to be able to keep up with the schedule that I want to keep up with. There's so many things I want to do, and I'm so excited about doing everything. I had to, you know, I, I stopped drinking alcohol. I never drank all that much, okay. but like just having a beer after the gig. And, I remember one morning I just woke up, and I could still kind of feel it. My gut is like, okay, you know what, that's actually not something that's giving me energy. It's it's slowing me down just a little bit. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, same thing with coffee. It's like, oh, that's, that's actually slowing me down. So I'm not going to do it. And et cetera. And, and, and every morning, you know, I get up really early. I get up, you know, between 3.30 and 4.30 in the morning. But not. I don't start working. You know, I, I that's an hour for me to to replenish myself and keep myself strong and fortified. Wow. Okay. So I do you know a little bit of some exercising, some yoga, and, and some meditation, uh, and and nothing else.
0: Wow. You know that's okay. what I
1: do. And if I don't, I kind of fall apart. You know because I can't keep up the same kind of energy if I don't do that. Wow. Uh, so so these are the things that I've kind of learned along the way. Uh, there are my, and, and and there's there's certainly times like right now and I'm sleeping. You know for four hours a night kind of thing, and, and then there are the moments where I, I, I'll sleep for eight, nine hours, and, and that's the time to, to, to re-fortify and, and hibernate a little bit, and, and you know, you have to just be in tune and aware with what your body needs and what your spirit needs, uh, it's not being too rigid about one particular thing, just
0: because you said so, Yeah, it's uh, being a little bit more in tune with what the cycles are. Very inspiring, that's impressive. Two Quick questions. I know you got to get going, and we sure appreciate your time so much today. Uh, what's on the horizon in terms of your solo projects? Do you have anything in mind uh, that's coming up? Uh, uh, I got all kinds of stuff in <laughs> mind. <laughs> uh,
1: the most uh, immediate project is going to be another large jazz ensemble, okay. album on, on the scope of uh, Kaleidoscope Eyes. Uh, with uh, uh that's going to have uh, uh, Significant social uh, mm. importance uh, to, to some, some things that are happening in our country right now. Uh, God and, bless. Yeah, uh, just, just, I mean, I'm not a political person at all, but uh, I do believe we're in equality and, and, uh, and diversity and uh, that we're all made of the same stuff. So it's uh, a little social comment on some of these things. Uh, And we're going to record it here in Miami, which is going to be fun.
0: Uh, First one done here. So that will come out uh, in the fall. Wow. Awesome. look forward to that. And then my last question is, what do you tell your graduating class uh, in five months? What's your final thoughts to them as as they have obviously gotten all your insight and knowledge uh, as being students, but what's your send off to them in terms of uh, advice? Yeah, I mean it's it's an accumulation,
1: of course, of, of their whole time here, uh, and you know it's it's I, I think that one of the main things is to always keep the passion, the the excitement. I'm, I'm a firm believer of of whatever your actions are, if if they're not filled with with passion and excitement, they're they're probably not going to go very far. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying you can't, you, 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 have, you still have to pay your taxes, you know, <laughs> like you still got to go through that process, but you have to trick yourself in a way to figure out how to find the excitement about it. You know, can I, can I figure out how to make this really fun, uh, you know, and, and find little mischievous ways to, I'm not, I'm not trying to cheat on my taxes, I'm not saying that, but, you know, can I find little ways that, uh, that make it fun for me, at, you know, at categories and, you know. Uh, just organization of it. Can you find an excitement about putting this together? Uh, no matter what it is, whatever you go after, just do it with every ounce of passion and excitement that you can. Because uh, life's too short otherwise. Uh, there's, there's a certain practicality. To, I mean, that's, that's what the whole manifestation thing is, right? It's like you've got the, the thought. You've got the thought. You know what you want to do. You have the intention, but it's just a thought. And then what, uh, what makes it real is the feeling that you attach to, or the emotion,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like fire, you can say, okay, I know the word fire, and I kind of know what it looks like, but then you feel what it is, and that it burns you, and it can burn you, and it needs to be a controlled fire, okay, I mean, I know the emotion attached to what fire is, I know the, the, uh, the actual feeling of it, and then all of a sudden it's real, uh, so... So that's what you have to keep in mind as as you manifest through through your whole life is is uh keeping those two things together you know when 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 you're conceived the first thing that's that's created is the brain right mm. it's this uh amazing tool it's an amazing powerful tool that you know we're just starting to grasp the the technology of it, but left to itself you know <laughs> it's it's uh it's just a tool, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the heart, which which uh, which is the feeling, the emotion. If you can live with your your heart, lead mm-hmm. by your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying by your emotions. I'm just saying you know from the feeling, the 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 integrity of who you are, uh, and then let that uh, let the tool of the brain complete that function of the heart. Then that's when things really align. Mm. It's four things. Mm. I mean, it's, it's four things. It's uh, living with immense gratitude for every moment yeah. and being present. You know, this moment that I'm with you, I'm not five minutes ago. I'm not five minutes ahead. I'm just yeah. here with you, and I'm so grateful to have this time with you and to share it with your audience. You know, that real palpable, you can feel it, the gratitude of just being in the now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what it is, the challenge, whatever, you're grateful for that challenge. Right. Uh, and then uh, humility, you know, knowing that, you know, taking the ego out of it and, and serving some higher good, mm-hmm. you know. When I'm, when I'm uh, leading this department or leading a band or whatever, I'm in service to that. I'm completely in service. I, have, I try to take on that kind of humility. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me. I'm mm-hmm. just here in service. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever gifts I've been given, whatever and, and the gift may be that fire that I have, that's to be a service, uh, and then the third thing is integrity—to just never uh, stray from your own integrity of who you know you are. You know, when when you've been beaten up, you know, and you're down on the, the dirty pavement, and it's raining, uh, and nothing's going right, you don't have a friend in the world, you still know who you are, you still know what your gifts are. You know, that's kind of the—that's integrity. Yeah, uh, to get up and. You know who you are. And, the, and then the the uh, humility on the other side is like when you've won the award and you're at the top of, of whatever, you, st- you also know who you are. Right. <laughs> it's like staying right in the middle, humility and integrity. Uh, and then the third one, which it, which it really, when I realized what that meant, it, it put everything into place for me, is uh, living with those uh, philosophies, but uh, with no expectation. Hmm with with you can have goals and have intentions that's awesome and be excited for what's to come but don't hold on to any kind of expectation because that's an illusion
0: mm-hmm. wow well john i can't thank you enough this has been like i'm energized and inspired i hope all of you uh feel the same way it's been uh fantastic and you certainly do live by those principles you're uh an example of it it's uh, uh you Talk to talk and walk to walk, as they say. So I appreciate you saying so. But uh, thank you, John. Thanks so much for your time today and and for all you do for music and your students and uh, us as brass players. It's uh, it's inspiring, and we are we're grateful to you. So thank you for that. And uh, I hope uh, once again everybody enjoyed this month, and uh, we will see you next time on Bum to Pick.